This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Even if you've never seen a Studio Ghibli movie or a Hayao Miyazaki movie or any anime, I feel like there's a lot that this movie can offer. Absolutely just love this film. Um, This was only my second watch of it, but beautiful film. Wonderful choice. I can't say enough good things about this movie. I've seen it so many times and I just, I love it more and more every single time I see it. How amazing does Studio Ghibli food look on screen? (laughs) Like those Mm. eggs and bacon. It's just yeah. thick bacon, the though, most, isn't it? Oh, That's going to be like delicious, top tier bacon. <laughs> and, I'm, and I'm vegetarian, and I'm like, I really want that bacon. <laughs> Hello, everybody. Joining Flix Watcher today, we've got M. Hi, Claire. Hello. And as always, Kobe. Yo. And we're here to review Howl's Moving Castle. Thank you, as always, to the mighty people for the mighty, mighty tunes. And thanks to Ben from Rockwood Audio for his awesome editing skills. Please do remember to write a review and rate us on Apple Podcasts anywhere you can do where you listen to the podcast because it really does help us. And you can join in the conversation with us on Twitter at FlixWatcherPod and on Instagram at FlixWatcher. Hello, film fans. Welcome to FlixWatcher Podcast. Joining us remotely today, we have Em and Claire. If you could please say hello to our listeners and tell them a little bit more about who you are and what you do, please. Hi, I'm Claire. I'm a co-host and co-creator of W-Rated Podcast. Um, It's a podcast where we are watching the worst rated movies um, as voted for on the IMDb Bottom 100 list, um, where we look to see, can these films really be that bad? And do they even deserve, some of them don't deserve to be there, so we try and redeem a film each episode do you um what's what's a do you have a favorite one quote unquote that you've redeemed they've just been had so much scorn poured upon it but... yes um my favorite episode is still one of our first ones we did which is on the lindsay lohan classic i know who killed me which was a film i was a fan of before the list um i already owned it on dvd it was just the most fun we had talking about that <laughs> film we recorded for five hours and ended up having to split oh, wow. it into a double episode um but that has been still that's still my favorite um and one that I'm really looking forward to doing is Britney Spears' Crossroads because I think that's going to be really interesting to analyse how did it end up voted the 50 worst film of the year because sorry of the world Um, because I think that's unfair we can say it might not be Oscar worthy but is it really the 50th worst film ever made? 
Well, I mean, yeah, t- I think, talking of awards, it's the, as we record today, the Razzies have been announced, which you are familiar with. Yes, so we will be attempting to watch all of the Razzie nominees. Um, we've got a month Ooh. before the awards, so we're going to try and watch all 25 of them. I think Ooh. last year we managed to watch 18 of the 25, um, and we did a alcohol-fueled episode where we just went through each of them and said what we thought of it, if we agreed with the nomination, and it was a bit chaotic. So let's see what happens this year. I mean, it, it does sound, it's, it's a fun podcast, but also you, you do think you are making yourself watch bad films as well. I the, just, the, sometimes I just think, is there is there enough time in the day or the, the year? The thought or, of having to now spend the next month watching seven carbon copy Bruce Willis action films is not <laughs> one that's sitting comfortably with me right now. Um, so let's see how I feel by the time, by the end. <laughs> um, who are you? Hello. Um, my name's Em, and I host Verbal Diorama. I am the solo host of that podcast. Um, so it's basically all my fault that <laughs> it exists. At um, least you've got, you've got no scheduling problems ever. Well, no, that's the thing. I, I basically, I ask my cat, what are we doing? And she says, meow, meow, meow. And I go, oh, okay, not very much then. Let's do something. Um, your, so cat my sounds podcast... like, your cat sounds like Gigi from... Uh, from... <laughs> She, she does she does occasionally make an appearance she doesn't actually sound like that at all um, <laughs> so um so yeah my podcast is basically all about the history and legacy of movies you know and movies you don't and i take a movie every episode and i basically tell you all about how it was made and production stories and casting choices and trivia and all of that so uh yeah it's it's very very research heavy uh mm-hmm. i I do put quite a lot of work into it. And um, yeah, I'm really super proud of it. Yeah, you've crossed the 100, 100 episode mark uh, a couple of months ago, didn't you? Yeah, so at, at the moment, um, I'm at 139. Oh, wow, okay. um, And I'm actually, uh, as of recording, next week is the podcast's third birthday. Oh, wow. So oh, I've been doing it for you. three years. And yeah, I also write stuff for film stories as well. I've been doing that for two and a half years-ish. And yeah, I have a column in their magazine and I write for the website as well, which is always good fun because I feature podcasts. I get to talk about other podcasts mm. uh, and I get to know other podcasts. And uh, and that's obviously how I got to know Flixwatcher was was through that experience and I, that's how i'm going to be getting to know claire a bit more because her podcast is going to be featured very soon Yay. so um so yeah it's uh i can't complain about anything that i do because uh, it's it's all good fun it's just really really super hard work well we're talking about your film choice today um yes this is Howl's moving castle can you tell us why you chose it first of all and then give us the synopsis in 60 seconds or less and there will be a timer to work towards. Okay. So I picked this movie, uh, first of all, because I'm a huge Studio Ghibli fan. It's probably the studio that I've talked about the most on Verbal Diorama. Hayao Miyazaki is the director that I've talked about the most on Verbal <laughs> Diorama. I am just so in awe of the studio and what they do. Uh, this is my favourite Miyazaki movie, um, which surprises a lot of people, especially when this is the studio that did Princess Mononoke and Spirited Away and Laputa Castle in the Sky and all of these incredible movies. And this is my favourite one. And I think it's because it's never been as critically acclaimed as his other work. And so it feels a little bit like the underdog. And I like that. I like that it's the underdog. 
It has a beautiful score by Joe Hisaishi. Um, I'm actually going to be going to see him in concert this oh, year. Wow. It's been postponed twice. Where is I'm he playing? So excited. He's uh, playing at Wembley. Oh, wow. Um, it's the first time he's ever been to the UK. What's the format? So I think... So here's me on Ticketmaster right now to get to dance. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Get, get tickets. I think you can still get tickets. Um, so it's at the SSE Arena at Wembley. Mm -hmm. And as far as I understand it, he's going to be playing, so he's going to have a full orchestra there playing the scores, and then they're going to have clips of the movies. Because mm. obviously Joe Hisaishi has done a lot of the Studio Ghibli scores. I mean, that's exactly what I wanted from your... That's exactly what you wanted to say. He's doing exactly what you want him to do. Yeah. That's that's amazing. I think I'm booking a flight back to England. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I I can't wait for that. But the reason why I love Joe Hisaishi so much is because of this movie, because of the score of this movie. It's so beautiful. It makes me cry, which is which is ridiculous really, but I just think it's so beautiful. Um and also I feel I can relate to Sophie. Uh, the character of Sophie. She feels inadequate. She's got a bit of a complex and I just kind of, I just, I like her. I like Howl. And it's just, at the end of the day, it's just a really beautifully told fairy tale uh, all about found family and what's not to like about that. Okay. Well, you've kind of given the synopsis there. Um, do you want oh, to... sorry. I've got another synopsis. You go. <laughs> okay. Sophie has an uneventful life at her late father's hat shop and laments not being as beautiful as the other girls in her town. When she's accosted by some creepy men, she's rescued by the infamous wizard Howl, who supposedly eats the hearts of pretty girls. However, he treats her kindly and magically takes her to where she needs to be when they are chased by the Witch of the Waste Scoons. Knowing where Sophie is, the jealous witch pays her a visit and curses her with looking like an old woman and that she cannot tell anyone about her curse. Forced to the waste, she finds Howl's castle, befriends the occupants, a fire demon called Calcifer, and a young boy called Markle and Howell himself before starting to work as their cleaning lady, all while attempting to remove her curse, the curse upon Howell, and stop a war that's ravaging their home and turning witches and wizards into demons. Very good. Beautiful. <laughs> Beautiful. I'm going to go to you, Claire, first. What, what, are, your, what are your Ghibli thoughts? Um, so I've seen, I think, five Ghibli films now, and I watched three of them in the space of one week, which were Spirited Away, How's Moving Castle, and My Neighbour Totoro. Mm. Um, and How's Moving Castle just blew me away. I liked the other two. The other two are brilliant. But same as M, How's Moving Castle, without a shadow of a doubt, top yeah, one for when me. You said, when you said people like, her, why is that your favourite? I can Obviously, this is very much personal choice, but I can see why it's your favourite. I, I mean, it's not a surprise. But anyway, sorry, Karen, Claire. No, but I, I always get, oh, no, Spirited Away is better. And I'm like, no, no, I've seen Spirited Away too. Spirited Away, can't fault it. But give me give me Calcifer any day of the week. <laughs> I love that little buddy. Um, I was posting last night, I found someone who makes custom plushes of him. And I was like, can, can I buy that for myself, baby? Um, can you send me the link? <laughs> I, I will. Um, but yeah, absolutely just love this film. Um, this was only my second watch of it, but beautiful film wonderful choice helen um so i think i saw this at the cinema i'm 99.9 percent .9 convinced that i did see this at the cinema but i haven't seen it since so i was really looking forward to revisiting it i'm definitely into um double figures since they've uh, come onto netflix i'm kind of like working my way through them so i've seen quite a few now there's a lot going on in this one like some of them are quite simple in their stories, but this one, um, I think I'm not quite taken in quite how, how mad it is, 
So you've got Howell, who's this kind of almost like David Bowie slash Goblin King kind of character with his silver hair and his open shirt and his necklace. And then <laughs> yes, you've got... And the earring. You've got like, um, there's a small child on board with the ship and the talking uh, fire pit. Um, so they're like kind of like the normal things. And then the kind of like the opening scene is just so incredible with the detail of the animation. And then it's, it's very much like this anti-war film as well, mm. which... Mm-hmm apparently he he made as kind of like a a bit of a protest um and then also really unusual is that the one of the main characters is this old female character and it's just kind of like so interesting to see um a film generally let alone an animation where you're kind of like one of your main characters and then obviously the um witch of the waste as well are kind of like old female characters so there's just like there's a lot going on um and it's all kind of like a little bit mad as well but also really really beautiful yeah i mean i this is the first time watching it and when i saw the castle moving and the animations that I was, I was i was kind of dumbstruck i was like what how are they how are they doing it just looks it just looks amazing and that's the gift we have on the, on the twitter for this because i just had to have a gift of the castle moving um yeah it's i can i can totally see why it's your favorite one i'm not sure if it's my favorite but i think it looks great and the the setup is amazing how the how flits in between the different kind of realms how that all kind of works calcifer um is great and i i i i watched it i flicked between the english and the and the japanese uh, dub just on a whim sometimes i just switch between them i, pr- I think i prefer calcifer in the english dub oh, really? um billy crystal uh, is it Billy Crystal? Oh, yeah. That's probably, yeah, that's, that's probably. I've only ever watched it in the original, but I have heard this one particularly does have a brilliant dub cast. Mm. Yeah, it is. It is one of the better dubs. I mean, this is this is obviously when Disney uh, Disney did the dubs for um, a lot of the Studio Ghibli stuff. And there's some big names in this cast. There's um, Christian Bale, obviously Billy Crystal, Gene Simmons, uh, Lauren Bacall. Gene Simmons. Yeah. As in from Kiss. Oh, have I got her name wrong? <laughs> Who am I thinking of? Um, I thought Gene it... Simmons was from Kiss. Yeah, G- oh, I think it's Gene with a J, not Gene with a G E N E. Oh, from Mayor of Easttown and Hacks. Yeah, Gene Simmons. Yeah, not not the not the singer from Kiss. Um, <laughs> the um, the actress Gene Simmons. I think she's passed away since. But yeah, she was. Um, she, I think she started working in Hollywood in like the fifties. Okay. Um, so okay. she plays old older Sophie, and then Emily sure. Mortimer as young oh, right. Sophie. Um, and Blythe, Blythe Danner's in there as well, Jenna Malone. Um, so it's it's a pretty stacked cast. Um, and one of the things that I always talk about on Verbal Diorama, especially when I cover quite a lot of anime, because I have covered quite a lot of anime in the past because I, I love it, but I, I've always been very much a, I don't care about subs v dubs. I know a lot of people are, are quite purist and they prefer mm. to watch it in the way they prefer to watch it. Um, but I kind of feel like if you've got good dubbing, uh, that's going to open the movie up to people who don't like subtitles. There are people out there who don't want subtitles. So I'm kind of like subs v dubs, however you want to watch it, as long as you watch movies like this um, yeah. and, and the rest of the, the Ghibli output and and basically any, any foreign movie ever, <laughs> but especially stuff like this, because I don't think it really matters when it comes to animation, whether it is subbed or dubbed. Um, yeah, I mean, there's definitely different schools of thought. I, I, I think it matters less in, with animation, it's with sub versus dub. If, you know, if I was to, if I saw anyone watching Parasite with a, with a dub version who could speak 
Oh, what? Well, you could be, I would be angry <laughs> at them, but animation, I'm less so. Um, with this, with all this, all the Ghibli, uh, Ghibli, all the Ghibli films, I always like to watch the subtitles, have, have the subtitles on no matter what language I'm on, mm-hmm. because sometimes it, it's wildly different in yes. English versus mm-hmm. the, the, the yeah. subtitles versus the, and it's laughable sometimes how different yeah. it is. Um, <laughs> it's, it's insane, but it makes me laugh. That's an ad, it's an added layer to, yeah. <laughs> to watching it. I, I tend to, because I've already seen this um, in in the, the Japanese, and I also read somewhere that Christian Bale is wild in this. Um, I, I is, thought he, I, is, he, is he Howl? He's Howl. He is, He's yeah. fantastic okay. in this. He's really good. I love good. him in this. So I, um, because I'd, I'd seen it before, I treated myself to the, the American dub on the basis of um, that he's, it's, it's, it's definitely Christian Bale and it is a bit wild. And yeah, I also kept the um, the subtitles on as well to see that difference. And um, yeah, sometimes it's like bizarre. It's like, well, why wouldn't you have said that? And then in other cases, <laughs> it's, it's it's just like like really different. But um, yeah, for, for this and like Lauren Bacall, like it's just like she's in this. And it's just mm. like, just kind of, I know those voices a little bit. So I did enjoy having yeah. that but for first time i think it's always good to go with how it's originally intended if you can i'm completely in love with both how and calcifer and i don't know if i could love them if they were voiced by christian bale <laughs> and billy crystal so I'll, st- I'll stick to the japanese to keep my love pure <laughs> um so i mean like everyone said well helen in particular said the story is a bit, it's a bit wild I mean that's this that's that's all the studio Ghibli generally there's there's a lot there's a lot of stuff out there in the first ten minutes of Spirit of the Way it's like wait what <laughs> um, but this is this is from a, a source uh, this is from a book by Diane Wynne Jones which yeah. I um, I didn't realise and it's ostensibly set in Wales yes um, <laughs> so and t- you know take us away I, I presume you've done some of the research behind this well yeah so um, so the book is set in Wales um, the um, the movie, um, well, it, it's kind of because she's Welsh, and and it's it's kind of set. It's it's set in in a sense of it's supposed to look like Wales, uh, but the country it's set in is actually Ingery, um, which is kind of a play on England, I believe. Mm. Um, but so basically, you've got all these locations uh, in in the book and in the movie uh, where the, the Ingery itself. So the capital city is Kingsbury. The movie, I will say, um, I don't think it makes it completely clear sometimes where you are, mm. especially where you've got, because um, obviously Howell is, Howell is kind of this being that a lot of people know who he is. He's kind of infamous in a way because it's the whole, oh, he only eats the hearts of pretty girls and he takes them away and, you know, they fall in love with him and all of that. So he's he's kind of got this celebrity status about him. But he also masquerades as wizards um, in the different towns. So you've got the capital city of Kingsbury, which is where the royal palace uh, is. And that's where Howl is summoned to Madame Suleiman. And then you've got the town of Port Haven, uh, which is where the wizard Jenkins lives. And then you've got... Sophie's hat shop is in a place called Market Chipping. And the thing is, all of these places sound very English. You can imagine, like, I'm just going to go to Market Chipping um, on, on a Saturday afternoon. So it, it all, does all sound very English. And then Howell's Castle obviously resides in the waste. But we know that uh, Ingery itself has a king 
and we know that they are at war with another kingdom, but we don't, we never find out who that other kingdom actually is. But it's supposed to be that a lot of the visuals in this movie, because this is a very visual movie. I often watch this movie and I get quite emotional at how it looks because it purposely looks, you know, when you've got these beautiful meadows and flowers and it looks very kind of English countryside. But then a lot of the the towns and the buildings look quite European. They look like, you know, you could be in Germany or you could be in France. And that was a very purposeful choice, I think, by the team uh, working at, at Ghibli to actually make it look quite European, I think. And one of the things that I love about this movie so much is the fact it just looks so beautiful. I, I'm, often, I'm often at awe with the work of Studio Ghibli and, and, and how they do what they do. Because obviously it, this is all 2D, pretty much all 2D hand-drawn animation. And it's one of the things that I love to talk the most on my podcast about is, is animation and especially 2D hand-drawn animation because so many studios have kind of gone away from that aesthetic now. You know, if you look at like likes of Disney and Pixar and even Ghibli themselves are kind of moving away from that now. Uh, and a lot of the stuff is complemented with CG. You know, if you look back at something like Princess Mononoke, that had CG elements when it, you, with like blood and stuff like that. And the castle itself is obviously enhanced with CG. Um, but you mentioned obviously earlier, Kobe, about the castle. Mm. And one of the things I love so much about the castle is it's like a living, breathing character in its Absolutely, own right. Yeah. It, you feel it every time it moves and it creaks and the mouth opens. It feels like it's breathing and it's actually there. And yeah, I, I can't say enough good things about this movie. <laughs> I've seen it so many times and I just, I love it more and more every single time I see it. Has anyone got anything to say about the Witch of the Waste? I thought she's quite, it's an interesting arc she follows. She's she's a baddie, then she's someone to be kind of pitied, and then she's a baddie again. It's like, um, in, a, in, a, in a very kind of disheveled form. I do, I do like that they redeem her and that Sophie's generosity and Sophie's heart is so welcoming and open that, you know, this witch cursed her for all intents mm. and purposes. She had to leave her home and her family behind because of this curse. And yet she is so willing to open up her heart, her arms, her home to this woman and look after her and care for her. Um, and I think that's such a lovely message that, you know, it it's what what you give to other people that you'll get back in return. Yeah, yeah, I can agree with that. And and also, I like the ambiguity of villains and heroes in this movie because you could say that the king is a hero in a sense of he's waging this war against this unnamed uh, opponent. But is he actually a hero? You know, is Howl a hero for choosing not to fight or mm. is he a hero for choosing to fight? Um, and I like the Witch of the Waste because she could very easily just be seen as a, like Claire said, as a as a typical kind of villain. And then she loses all her power. And I think it would be really easy for a character like Sophie to just kind of cast her aside. But Sophie is so pure of heart that she just instantly takes her in and looks after her. And and literally all the Witch of the Waste ever wanted was Hal's heart. And even when, after she loses her power, she is always kind of thinking about, I, I just want this heart. And she mm. just wants to find his heart. And and it's actually, I, I always love this 
the idea that that Calcifer, when you first watch the movie, you don't really know who Calcifer is mm-hmm. or what Calcifer is. But there are little clues there that there's more to Calcifer than than meets the eye. And I just, yeah, I, I like <laughs> that it's it lets you make your own mind up about who's bad and who's good. And then at the end, it doesn't actually matter all that much anyway, because it's all about these people finding each other. Mm-hmm. Before we head to the scores, uh, any, other, any other comments? I was just going to mention, like, I love the Calcifer thing because... Yeah. At the start of the film, we're introduced to how, and it's kind of heavily, I'm not sure if it actually says it, but it's heavily implied that he's heartless and yes. he steals women's hearts and he has no heart. And it's meant to be because he's so brave and evil and all of these things. And then you learn through the movie that, no, he is a big, mushy, over-emotional, dramatic basket who took his own heart out because he realised how much easier it is to live without the weight of a heart. And then you've got Calcifer who is so dramatic and please look after me and take care of me. And once you get to the end and you realise their relationship, it's so lovely. And on that rewatch, I think that those two characters and you get so much more knowing the the link between them. Yeah, absolutely. Any any comments about Mr Turniphead? I was just going to say like, it all kind of like ends well, even if Mr. Turniphead doesn't doesn't end up with his true love. The spell is broken, and I was just going to say that I should really love the scene where uh, Kelsifer is eating the eggshells. Yes. Really enjoyed that. How amazing does Studio Ghibli food look on screen? <laughs> like those mm. eggs and bacon. It's just yeah. thick looks bacon, the though, most, isn't it? Oh, That's going to be like delicious, top tier bacon. <laughs> And I'm vegetarian and I'm like, I really want that bacon. <laughs> I mean, the start of Spirited Way, I'm always hungry. I'm always like, yes. I, want, I know it's going to turn into a pig, uh, but I'm, I want that food. Let's head to the scores. I'm Helen O'Hara, film journalist, author, and host of Women vs. Hollywood, a new podcast from the Stripped Media family. We're exploring the fall and rise of women in Hollywood from the silent era to the present day and into the future. Each episode, I'm joined by three or more special guests to discuss the challenges that women face in the film industry and look at what we can do to change the picture. We've got actors, directors, producers, writers, academics, film experts, you name it, they're all here to explain what's going on in Hollywood. Search for Women vs. Hollywood now, wherever you're listening to this, and come join us. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to our Flixwatcher scoring system. All of the scores are out of five. And we will start with you, please, Em, with your recommendability. The thing is, is I love this movie so much that I can't not recommend it. Purely for the fact that even if you're even if you've never seen a Studio Ghibli movie or a Hayao Miyazaki movie or any anime, I feel like there's a lot that this movie can offer anyone who's kind of new to this style of animation um and like i say subs v dubs it kind of doesn't matter um 
So I have to give it a score of five. Claire? Uh, a little bit the same. Um, I would definitely give it five out of five. Um, and I think it, from someone who was new to Ghibli when I watched this, I watched, like I say, This Spirited Way and My Neighbour Totoro one night each in a row. And I felt like this was the perfect medium for a newbie to mm-hmm. the, the company because Spirited Away might be technically more beautiful and detailed and complex, but there is so much going on in that story that it's a little bit overwhelming and Totoro is so lovely and simple but for an adult it could be a little bit kind of oh well that's just a little kid's story even though it's not um and I felt like this had that perfect balance of the animation is so detailed and the plot is complex but it is it's heart a fairy tale of a prince and a princess or you know whatever finding each other's hearts and a bit of magic and a wicked witch um and I just think it's really easily accessible whilst opening your eyes to this entire new world of filmmaking this is definitely one of the more madder ones even with like some of the ones that are obviously not really set in in reality they're kind of like a little bit more simple i think this one maybe there's a bit too much madness in it and maybe a little bit too long um that said i did really enjoy revisiting it not quite my favorite but still if you've seen a couple i'm not sure whether i'd recommend this as like an entry level one because it might just be a bit a bit too much in one go. So I'm going to give it a 4.5. I'm going for a 4.75. I, I I don't know. I can't remember. I can't remember how rated the other ones, but I think it's, it's definitely up there. To be fair, I haven't watched one that I, I don't like. Um, but then I haven't watched, I may be coming up to 10. And I, every time someone brings a Gibby on here, I'm excited because, you know, a, a reason to watch it. And no one was like, I always leave it saying, I need to watch more. And then I don't. So, um, but yeah, this is great. I, I mean, I, I loved. I just loved the animation of, of the castle, and that that pulled me right in from the word go. Repeat viewing score. I think this is going to be quite high. M. <laughs> well, I've seen this movie more than any other Studio Ghibli movie. So, mm. uh, so on that basis, I feel like I've got to give it a five because otherwise, I'm kind of going against my own rules there because I've seen it so many times. Claire. Um, I'm going to go 4.75 because this was my second watch of it and I did notice I was slightly less glued to it on the rewatch but that's because I knew the story so I knew what was coming up and I knew which scenes I wanted to pay attention to that involved Hal. (laughs) (laughs) Helen? Um, I mean it's a massive gap since I um, watched it the first time so I was pretty pretty much enjoying um, the rewatch. That said, it's one of the longer ones so I'm probably not going to watch it as that often so i'm gonna give it a three um i'm gonna go for i'm gonna go for three as well i think i will watch it i'm not sure when i need to watch the rest of them first and that's the main thing uh small screen score m have you seen this on the big screen so i i have not seen it on the big screen so i'm hoping that when i go and see joe hisaishi that'll probably be the first time i'll be seeing scenes from this movie on the big screen but I do feel like this is a movie that's very suited for more of a big screen experience because there's a lot going on in some scenes and it's just such a beautifully animated movie. So I feel like although it looks good at home and obviously I've never seen it on the big screen, so but I would I would absolutely love to. So I've given it a three. Claire. I feel like I'm going to skew the score so high I might have to lower it down a bit now. Um, no, you, you go for whatever you want. <laughs> I've also... 
only ever seen it at home um but i didn't think having only ever seen it at home i didn't think it lost anything i still thought the animation was gorgeous i felt completely enveloped in the world and invited into the world so i was going to give it a four out of five only because i imagine if i now saw it on the big screen i could never go back to watching it on the small screen (laughs) but i haven't done that yet so it's still quite high for me helen i don't really feel the need to see animation on big on on the big screen it's i know i'm sorry (laughs) like i'm just and i've i've watched quite a lot of simpsons (laughs) (laughs) maybe that's what it is maybe the simpsons is like decommissioned my brain into thinking animations the best on the small screen um i've seen a couple of the other films at the cinema and then i've seen most of them at home and i'm quite happy watching them at home sorry so I, i'm gonna give it a five i i think it works well at home and like i think if you've got kids then you know you can introduce them to studio ghibli at a really young age unlike me who discovered them as an adult person so you know they're on netflix like knock yourself out fill your boots with them yeah i think it'd be good to watch this in the cinema i disagree with helen um wholeheartedly <laughs> if there's any animation um that works well I'm thinking Kubo and the Two Strings. I'm thinking Spider-Man to the Spider-Verse. Wonderful. I would rather watch all animation in the cinema and all live action at home if I had to pick between the two because I think the depth of animation only Mm. improves on a bigger screen. Um, But having said that, I think it's it's perfectly accessible on a small screen. I think some bits are a bit crowded on the screen but i don't i think that would still be the same in the cinema but i'd like to perhaps get there watch it more for uh joe chasey's um score which i didn't really it didn't really envelop me whilst i was watching it so i think that'll be the all-encompassing bit that, that takes me over the edge for watching it in a, in a bigger screen uh engagement score though um see again i'm i'm so i'm so biased towards this movie uh i feel like i'm skewing my scores because of my bias um, but I, I, I gave this a 4.5 because me personally, if this is, I mean, this is one of those movies that doesn't really get shown on TV. Like you, you weren't going to put on BBC one and see this movie, but if it was, I would then want to watch it. And obviously every time I've put this movie on, I appreciate what Helen said. It is a long movie. Uh, it's almost two hours long, I believe, mm. which is quite lengthy for, for an animation just generally. Um, but but I do feel like once this movie is on, I personally don't want to switch it off because I am fully engaged. Even though I've seen it so many times, I just want to see Sophie and I want to see Howl and I want to see Calcifer and yeah. So 4.5. Claire. Uh, yeah, pretty much same score for me for very similar reasons. I'm just copying M through this whole episode. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think... I think I could easily lose engagement if they didn't introduce us to Sophie and to how as quickly as they do. I think that's a really quick, a really important thing that they do. You you meet them within the first six minutes. And so immediately, big grin, um, because I fell for both of those characters. I think they're so well written and you get to know each of them instantly. Um, so once you're on board with the characters, if you click with them, you're engaged, then you want to stick with them. Helen. If you've got the subtitles on, then you need to pay attention because you won't know what's going on. So therefore, if you feel as though you're a bit scatty on the old attention span, then definitely have the subtitles and then you will have 
you'll have to look at the screen and you'll have to do the reading. Um, yeah, I'll go for a 4.5 as well. I think um, if you kind of dip out, then you're probably going to be like, oh, what world are they in? When did that happen? Like, And mm. you're going to miss things like Elspeth eating his eggshells and things like that because there's so much detail going on that you, you really do want to be engaged. So, yeah, 4.5. Uh, sorry, let's go for 4.5 as well. <laughs> uh, that gives us an overall score of... 4.31250. Splendid. Ooh, that's high, uh, that is. It is, it is high. As um, it should be. I mean, it, as it should be, but that surprised me quite a lot, actually. <laughs> I thought I thought that I'd be like singing its praises and everyone would be like, yeah, Em, it's not actually that good, you know. <laughs> I'm really happy. <laughs> good. Well, you brought it to the table. Um, right, let's head over to Twitter. And everyone who's listening, if this is the first time listening, do follow us on Twitter. We are at FlixWatcherPod. And the main reason to follow us is because we put out a tweet before we go into the recording so you can get a bit of a sneak peek into what we're going to do over the next few days. Uh, in this case, look out for a tweet like this, saying we're reviewing House Bibbon Castle with Claire Ellen Hope and M. Will Dalt uh, from W-Rated and um, Verbal Diorama. Have you seen it? Tells your thoughts and the score out of five stars for on their shout-out on FlixWatcher. And we had a couple of responses. M, do you want to take the first one you can see? So we've got David Trumbull at Drumble, who says, My favourite Miyazaki threads together vibrant, seemingly disparate elements and characters into a masterpiece as flawlessly ramshackle as the castle itself. A touching portrait of an unlikely homestead's ability to reverse engineer a family. Five stars. Hashtag story. Um, which, I mean, that's kind of a perfect summary of the movie, uh, as yeah. far as I'm concerned. I think there was... There was one other as well. So uh, we've got Mike um, at Gundam underscore Guyver, who said, gorgeous movie, Sophie and Howell are great characters and their relationship is definitely the high point of the film. However, when the story leaves them and deals with war and conflict, it feels a bit muddled and confused. Still a great movie though, um, but there's no star rating, unfortunately. There's on no star one. rating, no Mike stars. Gulick. <laughs> well, Em and Clay, can you sign off by letting us know where the listeners can find you online and want to give bye to all the people who are paying attention. Yes, absolutely. So you can find me at Verbal Diorama on Twitter, Instagram and Facebook. And you can find me at Claire Ellen Hope, Claire without an I on Twitter and Instagram as well as W Rated Pod over there as well. Awesome. Well, good luck for your raspberries. Golden raspberries. <laughs> Pray for me. Yeah. <laughs> You're doing good work. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> do you need to though? <laughs> of course you do. <laughs> Thank you very much, guys. It's been great. Thanks Bye. for coming Bye. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Enjoyed this episode of Flix Watcher Podcast? Why not leave us a five star review on iTunes? You can also follow us at Flix Watcher Pod on Twitter and we're at Flix Watcher on Instagram. Thanks as always to the mighty people for their mighty, mighty tunes and Ben from Rockwood Audio for his awesome editing skills. If you're looking to get your podcast edited as sweet as this, get in touch with Ben and that's Rockwood, R-O-K-K Wood Audio. Tell them Flix Watcher sent you. You just heard a stripped media production. 